This episode brought to you by Progressive. Most of you aren't just listening right now. You're driving, cleaning, and even exercising. But what if you could be saving money by switching to Progressive? Drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average. And auto customers qualify for an average of seven discounts. Multitask right now. Quote today at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. National average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. Discounts not available in all states and situations. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. See ebaymotors.com. At the Turn is brought to you by Vice Golf. Vice is a German company that makes premium quality golf balls for half the premium price. The Pro and Pro Plus were awarded a gold medal on Golf Digest's annual hot list, making Vice the only small company to win the magazine's highest award. Use the promo code TURN when you check out at vicegolf.com to get free shipping. That's promo code TURN. Golf balls shouldn't cost more than the round of drinks afterwards. What's your vice? This is At The Turn. It's time for discussion and interviews about the world of golf you won't hear anywhere else. Here are your hosts, Nick Heidelberger and Joe Simons. Welcome into At The Turn, Joe and Nick with you reporting in December. Nick, did you go out and play golf today? Not today, but I did play last weekend. Oh, what's the weather like out there? Uh, we got a good day on, um, it might have been a week ago, uh, but we got a good day over the weekend. We got a better last Sunday and um, I don't know, it was like 42, 43 and there was a course like 20 minutes away where I could play 18 for 20 bucks. So, uh, so I did it. Awesome. Well, we're going to talk to a guy who is in much warmer climates than probably most of us. Justin Smoot, good friend of Nick's, good friend of mine, uh, Class A PGA instructor. He's going to give us lots of helpful tips. But first, we're going to start with someone who sent us a little something on Twitter, Bobby Sitlow at Chai Chef. So I guess he's a purveyor of food in Chicago. Is that, does that sound right, Nick? That's my takeaway. Mm-hmm. Well, <laughs> apparently he's a fan of the show. He writes, listening to your November 3rd podcast. I think Fowler and Couples are a better comparison. Nobody ever said Furyk is their favorite. Sorry, Jim. <laughs> Men and women alike loved Couples, and the same holds true for Fowler. I bet when the dust settles, Ricky will be a double-digit winner with one major. Uh, well, I, I have feelings about this, Nick. What's your take? Well, it's interesting. So those two things you read were two two separate tweets, just to kind of clarify. Oh. You know, um, yeah, we were comparing... Jim Furyk to Ricky Fowler, and so I looked up. He 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 brought this tweet up about Fred Couples. I thought, man, that's a good comparison. I looked up his record. Fred Couples has 15 PGA Tour wins in one major, and Ricky Fowler, I believe, he's got four wins and no majors. Um, and he's about six, seven, eight years into his career by now. Uh, so that's not a bad comparison. Um, 
15 PGA Tour wins in one major for Ricky would be a, a pretty good next 10 years, I would say. I would say that's true. And as far as the golf record is concerned, Jim Furyk has 17 wins in one major. So he's he's right there with Freddie. He's not as <laughs> sexy Wait. as Freddie. But Fier Wait. you just said Furyk has a major? Yeah, he won the U.S. Open in two thousand three. Oh my goodness! It was it well, was kind I, of. In look, my defense, I was I was nowhere near starting my my golf interest at that point. It was one of those weird U.S. Opens where they held it at a venue where they're never going to hold it again. I think it was Olympia Fields, and Furyk, I think at that point had the U.S. Open record for the lowest winning score, and it was kind of viewed as, all right, well, this doesn't really count because he's like eleven under. But then <laughs> Brooks. <the> <laughs> Brooks went out and shot like what 17 under or something crazy last year, Aaron Hills. So that was the major Furyk one. I think the comparison is better that Bobby made purely because of what he says here, where men and women alike love couples and the same holds true for Fowler. I agree. Ricky is, he has that same sort of super cool quality about him that Freddie does. Call me an old fuddy duddy. I don't think really anyone is like Freddie because Freddie is cool in a different way than Fowler is. It's it's difficult to articulate, but just everything, every motion he makes, he's just like, he's like the Jack Nicholson of golf, right? Like everything he does is super cool. Even as like an old man, he can barely, his back is so bad. He can barely play in like eight events. He's pushing 60 and he still competes for senior majors. He's still out there making cuts at the masters. He's just a really, really interesting guy. Uh, I think it's a really good comparison. Yeah. Uh, well, what do you think about what do you think about that comparison career-wise? Like, do you think Ricky Fowler, who's who's gonna have a better career when it's all said and done? And you can't you can't dodge that question, Joe. I tried. Uh, <laughs> it just because you love them both. I'm gonna say Freddie. Because aside from the wins, he also has this. I would I would say unparalleled, but Jack Nicholas is really the only comparison. Now I know Freddie's only won the Masters one time. But his consistency, I think he made like 30 cuts in a row over his career. And at the at, Masters. At the Masters. And in 2010 or 2012, one of the years Mickelson won, Freddie was playing with him in the final group on Sunday when he was well into his 50s. Freddie has been in the hunt in his 50s multiple times. And I think competing at the most high profile golf tournament in the year for several decades keeps Freddie on the map. Like, will Ricky Fowler be relevant? at age 58 maybe he I will see, i can see ricky with like a silver head of hair just <laughs> you know playing the masters in like 2045 and you know being in the being like on the second page of the leaderboard i suppose i could see that too <laughs> do you think i mean the the whole will, will ricky win a major thing i mean it's he, he he probably will time is still on his side he has 15 years in his prime still so it's not i mean he's never had an injury um, so I, I don't really think that he'll, he'll he's going to have like 60 to 80 more shots to win a major. So he better, to, he, sorry to cut you off to no, he better finish with more than 15 wins in one major. I mean, like, I think that would be a huge disappointment if Ricky Fowler's career ended with less than 15 wins in one major. Yeah. But that's tough to say, because when you look at someone like Phil Mickelson or Ernie Els, you know, Ernie Els finished with four majors, Phil finished with five. You could easily say those guys are both disappointments, but not a lot of guys have won four or five majors, so they're in pretty elite company. 
even though you'd expect both of those guys, considering how talented they are, to have more majors than that. But, so, if, but if Ricky wins 19, <laughs> 19 times in one major, like that's better than 15 in one major. Like I think that Ricky should he should put together a better resume. And I know that um, this is probably a little bit unfair. I, I, I don't have the numbers in front of me, but Fred Couples has a lot of other worldwide wins. So the 15 wins are specifically PGA Tour wins. They don't count like all the other circuits and whatever. Well, I'm sure he's won overseas and you know here and there a bunch of times. But for sure, he's probably won in Australia. Yeah, and, and I think he has within those 15. I think he has. It, I know he has at least one players, and he may have two. Like, okay, perfect example. Freddie does stuff like on the island green. He dumps his first one in the water and jars his second one for a par. Like, <laughs> that's Fred Couples, man. He just has this aura about him where like anything is possible. He still hits it a mile. Again, Ricky could end up being this guy. I just think there's no comparison as far as how cool he is. As There's certainly a lot better golfers, but Fred Couples is very unique in the way he is thought of in golf. And I think he has properly gotten his due for the kind of character he's been over a long, long time. For sure. I would agree with that. Um, final question as we, as we get out of this Ricky topic. <laughs> What's your prognosis for Ricky in 2019, Joe? uh well i think ricky's last win if i'm not mistaken actually no he did win this year i think i think he won the honda classic yeah so he did that but it it was a pretty quiet year for ricky overall um i don't know man if if you were to tell me ricky won a major next year i would say oh okay sure that that makes sense (laughs) it, 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 it just wouldn't surprise me like he's he's a very consistent player he plays well in big events, despite not winning a major. He has a good major record. Like, he has a lot of top five finishes, plays well at the Masters. We just haven't seen him in a position where he's, you know, final group Sunday leading going into the final round of the British Open by, like, three shots. He's just never been in that kind of position. And I think if he did, he would probably close the deal. That being said, Ricky does have a proclivity for doing some weird stuff when he's in contention and when he has the lead. Not to say he doesn't close out and come up with big moments. I mean, I think he birdied the Island Green on Sawgrass five times in five attempts when he won the players. So he's obviously clutch, but I think he's had a lot of moments where he hasn't necessarily come through in a situation where he had a major available to him. So I would say probably a couple wins, competes for a major, maybe he gets it done, uh, and he certainly makes a lot of money doing a lot of things off the golf course. For sure. I saw a stat at the last round of the Hero uh, yesterday about Ricky Fowler and it was his scoring average, like his scoring like in the field. And he's Thursday, he's first, Friday, he's like 20th, Saturday, he's like 55th, and Sunday he's like 75th. Wow. Those aren't all 100 percent accurate, but like it got worse and worse every day throughout the week for for the last year, which is a huge red flag. But anyways, we uh it's well documented. We're pulling for Rick. I'd like to see him get a major this year, but who knows? Should we talk to Smoot? Let's talk to Smooty. Um, we, so we just recorded this interview with Justin Smoot. I have drank a lot of beers with Justin in my life. I have never heard him referred to as Justin so many times in a short period of time. It's always been Smoot or Smooty. I almost had to look around when, when uh, we kept saying Justin. I'm like, Justin in conversation? Oh, yeah, Smooty. Um, so without any further ado, here's our conversation with Justin Smoot. 
All right, now is the moment we've been all been waiting for since we started at the turn two years ago. Dustin Smoot is making his debut <laughs> at the turn. Yeah. Dustin Smoot, a good friend of ours and a Class A PGA instructor down in Florida living the luxurious life, sitting in a t-shirt right now. Here we are in the middle of December. Uh, Justin, I want to get you started off with this. Is teaching golf as frustrating as learning golf? Um, No. No, it's a uh, it's a lot easier to uh, to teach it because uh, you actually kind of know what you're looking for. Um, the hardest part is getting getting it to relate to the student and being able to actually uh, see some progress pretty quickly. That doesn't get them uh, get them too frustrated. Honestly, the first thing you want to do is get out there and get a student compressing the golf ball, and then get them hooked. Pretty much. Yeah, like get them to get that feeling that. That uh, keeps it coming back all the time. Oh man, yeah, yeah. It's the reason why we all play it, right, Nick? Yeah. So, <laughs> so like, if somebody comes to you with a slice, which I, I, is probably pretty common, is there like just a simple fix, like a prescription for every flaw, or does do you have to like figure out what specifically is causing that flaw, and like maybe that very maybe that depends on what the different solution is, or do you just say like, oh, this is what you got, this is how to fix it? Um, you're gonna take it. Obviously, case-by-case case basis. Um, usually, a slice is caused by an open club face at impact almost all the time. Um, so, that's really what you go there and work for. Um, the ball flight is going to tell you a lot, obviously, on what you need to do. Um, and once you know the ball flight laws, you can pretty much fix it almost yourself there if you're learning on your own. But the important thing is to be able to tell somebody what those ball flight laws are yeah, so they can, can make you, corrections. Can you tell me what those ball flight laws are? Sure, buddy. <laughs> yeah, um, it's pretty simple. Uh, the ball is either going to go left, straight, or right, which is your, you know, your pull, your straight shot, and your push. And then from there is the late action on the ball is produced by the spin. So if your ball is going – if you're hitting a pull hook – you're coming over the top, you're pulling the ball, and the club face is closed. So it's going to hit that, that low snapper that we never like to see. Um, much like if your ball is going straight with a little fade, it's going to be – that means your swing is online, and then you're uh, just hitting a little fade there with your club face open. And there's nine of them, and they basically go like that. Left, straight, right, and then hook, straight, fade. So, Justin, what is the thing that you run into that the people you instruct, amateurs in general, have the most difficult time being realistic about? Mm. Everybody wants to. Uh, everybody wants a quick fix, usually, um, and unfortunately, golf doesn't work like that. You know, you hit one, you keep working on something, and you hit one bad shot, and then people tend to go back to what they're comfortable with. I guess, Joe, that would be probably the most frustrating thing. And it's frustrating when you're learning, too. It's just trying to stick with something that you're making a change if you aren't seeing immediate results. I would, I was, I mean, that's makes sense. But just anecdotally, I would have thought it was how far they hit the ball. I, I always hear that amateurs always come up typically after a good tee shot, they're in the fairway. They're usually a club short going into the green. Is that something you consistently see or is that kind of a wise tale? Well, everybody wants an extra 20 yards, right? 
<laughs> I want it. You want it. Yeah. Nick wants it. I know Nick wants it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 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 mm. All right. So you mentioned Barfly. And I'm yep. glad you did because I I have this new house and I have a garage and I love it and I can swing my seven iron in my garage right into a nice sheet that I have hanging on the other side of the garage. <laughs> but I, I I can tell where it flew for the first 20 feet, but I have no idea. Like, how can I judge if I'm making a good swing based on hitting it into a sheet in my garage? Like, there's a just as good of a chance I'm learning bad habits as good habits, right? Because I can't really determine, I, I can't get any feedback from those laws of buffling. Yeah, Nick, that's a, that's a very good point. Um, one of the things that you can really tell is throw some baby powder on your club face there when you're hitting it, and it'll give you a really good spot on where that ball is coming off your club face. And also, you can set up some um, some drills for yourself to make sure you aren't coming over the top, your swing is on plane. You can just put a shoebox right next to your golf ball. If you're hitting the shoebox, you're coming in wrong to the ball. Um, just things like that nature. Just get real creative with your uh, with your training aids there in the, um, in the garage there, especially when you're freezing up there in the frozen north. <laughs> <laughs> Baby power on the club face. I love that. So basically, I can just see if I'm hitting it off the center, uh, things are probably going okay for me. Yeah, yeah. It'll give you really good feedback. And masking tape is a good one too okay okay hey. i'm just saying little foam balls but i'm sure i'm sure uh yeah i'll leave it impression justin one thing that i want to try to do over the winter i've always had like i probably played golf 25 years i've always had the same really strong interlocking grip and i hate it i feel like it is the number one reason why i'm inconsistent what is a good way to retrain myself to hold the club different because i'm worried that if I make like a dramatic grip change, then the next time I go to the range, it's going to be tough for me to just focus on the grip and leave my swing alone. But is that what I should do? Um, yeah, you're going to want to take, honestly, Joe, you probably do want to take um, a little time and just work strictly on the grip. Make sure that grip is there in your fingers and the V in your left hand is pointed to your, between your right eye and your right shoulder. And same thing with the V in the right hand that's pointing at the right shoulder. I can't remember because I haven't played golf with you in a while, Joe. <laughs> I can't remember what your grip quite looks like. It's just, um, it's just really strong. It's, I mean, I would almost describe it as like underneath the club. But I'm, I've, just, okay. I've just never really tried to change it because I always figured I was good enough with what I had. But I just feel like I'm too inconsistent still. Gotcha. Gotcha. You know, uh, Joe, it's one of the best things you could do is go pick up um, – what I love to do is I love to teach out of Ben Hogan, the five lessons. Um, I don't know if you've ever read it or not, but he spends the first 19 pages just talking about his grip. Wow. And it's uh, – you know, it is the most important. It's, you can't have a good golf game without a good grip. Just okay. whatever you – Sorry, I was just going to say, give me that book again. I'm going to order on Amazon as we continue this <laughs> conversation. <laughs> it's uh, Ben Hogan. Five, uh, Ben Hogan. Yeah. Five lessons. It should typed, show you up there. I typed in Ben H and it came up. <laughs> I think people have bought this. <laughs> Thanks, dude. I'm going to get that right now. All right, yeah, so dude, we, you should. I'm glad you mentioned the instruction book. That's one of the things I wanted to ask you about. I've, I've used this book that's also from the 70s. It's not Ben Hogan's, but 
Um, it's the keys to the effortless golf swing. I don't know if you've ever heard of it or read it, but it's it's what I have used to build my swing around because I realized a couple of years ago I didn't have a swing. I just swung the club, and it was different every time. I called it a snowflake swing because it was never identical twice. Um, <laughs> That's so, true. That's true. I played <laughs> golf with you. That's true. I know. <laughs> and so I've tried to at least have some literature where I know where when things start to go wrong, I can at least go back to something, and it's consistent, and I'm trying to repeat the same thing. So as a as a golf teacher, how do you advocate for taking one on one lessons with a with a professor with a professor with a, with a golf with a PGA pro rather than just finding some literature and finding a book or something that, that works for you? Well, I mean, the way that I always basically told people about taking lessons, um, you aren't really just paying for the lessons. You're paying to have another trained set of eyes on your golf swing with you. Um, so. You know, because we all feel it. We all feel like we're doing the same thing when we go back to swing the golf club. And then we get there and we hit the ball and we go, that wasn't anything like I was predicting. <laughs> <laughs> and so, obviously, we all make movements that we feel. And then when we look at them on videotape, you go, oh, man, that's my swing. You ever put yourself on videotape, Nick? <laughs> I do. I, I did uh, just yesterday, actually. Does it, ever, does it ever look how you feel? No. No, because like, I always make the swing, and I'm like, oh, I know for a fact that was not over the top. And I look, holy shit, are you serious? That over the top? <laughs> Justin, uh, I, have a, I have a mental game question for you. Okay. All right, dude. So I'm pretty consistently the same score within, like, a seven-stroke margin for the majority of the year. But I would say twice, three times a year without fail – I have these just absolute disaster rounds where I know it's going bad, like six holes in, and I try to work my way out of it, but I'm just in such a bad headspace that I can't string two good shots together. And I didn't know if you had any tips for when you get like deep, deep in it and you got to try to pull yourself out when you're in the middle of a round. Oh man. Um, that's a really good question, Joe. That's one of the hardest things I think we all have to deal with in this game is we always have a tendency to start, especially when things are going poorly, we have a tendency to look ahead and not take each shot just for the one shot that it is. You know, every, every golf shot in and of itself is a separate result from the others. Um, but mentally it's very difficult to do that sometimes. And I think we all fall into that trap where we start looking ahead. Uh, basically the best piece of advice I could give you was, you know, we've all had it where great golf, where bad golf rounds turn into something good through one great shot. We've all had that happen. And the quickest way to make that happen is just focus on the task at hand with hitting your next shot. And the better you can do that, the quicker you could probably get out of a funk. I mean, you're right. Cause like the last time this happened, I parred the first two holes and then I put a nice 10 on the board. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> well, okay, I have to par out to shoot this score. Yeah. And, was, and, and that's what I was thinking the whole time. Like, okay, if I do this, the next four holes, then my score can be this instead of just focusing on, okay, I have a seven iron. It's 170 yards. What do I do here? Yeah, exactly. Usually if you execute properly and you're thinking the right way, the score kind of takes care of itself on the scorecard. But easier said than done, of course, when you're no doubt <laughs> sitting there. <laughs> um, how come 95% of golf lessons revolve around the pole swing? I mean, I've had a few lessons a few different times and I've never had an instructor 
asking you to do anything short game or chipping or putting unless I specifically requested it. It was always a full swing with a seven. Mm. Uh, you know, I think as golf instructors, sometimes we fall into that because everybody wants to watch the ball go far. You know, we get a guy to go, we get a guy to hit the ball far, they're going to give us more lessons. Um, because that's mostly what people come after when they're honestly taking lessons. I mean, like you said, unless you request it. Uh, but it's a way to get somebody hooked. Um, in your case, you're already hooked, but I think that a lot of instructors kind of fall into that trap. I probably myself do do that. Um, I focus on the full swing a little bit too much, but I tend to find that's what people want. So yeah, I mean, I, I agree. I mean, like you, if you have a marvelous short game, and uh, you know, you go to your friends and say, "I've been taking all these lessons," and you can't get off the tee, they're they're not going to go see that. Yeah. <laughs> Smooth. Um, what do you th- what do you think of Tiger? I, I got to ask you about Tiger. Um. Well, he's dude. That's incredible what he's done. Fuse back surgery, goes out, wins a tour champion, wins a tour championship. As What'd you think of the uh, What'd you think of the match, man? Uh, I, you know, I, I really wanted to like the match. I had, I would say, pretty low expectations going in, and I was just bummed that neither of them were making birdies. Phil was hitting the ball great early, couldn't make a putt. Tiger did not really seem into it at all, other than that chipping at seventeen. It just seemed like he, I don't know, didn't really kind of want to be out there. All of like, the banter, they built it up with all the banter, and it all seemed kind of scripted. I mean, it just it just didn't land for me. Now that being said, if they did it again, I would probably watch another one, wouldn't you? <laughs> oh man! You even nick that putt on eighteen, <laughs> or are you making him putt it? Uh, Joe Simons is making him putt it, but I understand why they decided <laughs> not to. Because I mean, look, you should make me putt it. You should make me putt it. You shouldn't be giving away four foot putts to win. Nine million dollars. You should have to make that putt. Yeah, I understand, but nine million dollars for that to change hands on someone missing a putt as opposed to making a putt. I just think that that just would make the putt. It's a bad look. You have to make. I don't know. Um, Joe, next time we we we, uh, play our match, maybe we'll uh, maybe we'll bring a production crew with us. Smooth. at what point, like, I guess your answer could be like a handicap level. At what point should a golfer prioritize distance over accuracy? If ever? Oh, I, um, I would say very rarely, if ever. Yeah, um, okay. We've all played with the old guy at the country club that beats you because he can hit it straight 220, right? Oh, God, <laughs> that guy. <laughs> <laughs> I hope to be that guy someday. <laughs> yeah. I can hit it 220. <laughs> my, my dad is that guy. He's, he's very frustrating yeah. to play with. He's 65, <laughs> pops it out there at 225, but he just doesn't miss any putts. It's horrible. <laughs> it's the fairway, doesn't miss putts, shoots, writes down 78, walks off the course, you know? Yeah, his life is stress free. <laughs> <laughs> um, Nick, do you have anything else for Smoot? No, that's that's all I got for Smoot. Um, God, it's been fun. <laughs> yeah, man. Hey, guys, I hope I can uh, hope I can come back again, man. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me for on sure. here. Sure. Yeah, man. Maybe we'll see you at the Corner Club Open sometime. Oh, hopefully soon. <laughs> <laughs> all right, man. Well, thanks, thanks for coming. Take care. All right, guys. Take care.
as always, at the turn is brought to you by Vice Golf. Vice Golf has won back-to-back gold medals on Golf Golf Digest's annual hot list. The balls are just as good as Pro V1s. They are about half the price. You order them on vicegolf.com. You don't have to walk into a store that's charging you an upcharge from what they pay. Just buy them direct from the manufacturer. You go to vicegolf.com. You stock up on your golf balls for the year. They're fantastic golf balls. According to Golf Digest, some of the best in the world. You use promo code TURN. Not only that, you get free shipping. Type in promo code TURN, T-U-R-N. Get your fantastic quality Vice Golf Balls with free shipping anywhere in the United States. ViceGolf.com, promo code TURN. Well, Nick, Tiger Woods did not finish dead last in the Hero World Challenge. Another top 20 finish for Tiger. So uh, that's that's three in a row. He, he finished in the top two um, on Thanksgiving weekend and uh, finished in the top 20 this weekend. And, he, of course, he won um, the PGA Championship. So the Tour Championship, I should say. He did not win the Ryder Cup, that's for sure. No, uh, no Tiger uh, was pretty much, not pretty much, he was at the bottom of the leaderboard the entire tournament. It's the Hero World Challenge in the Bahamas. It's kind of the unofficial end to the PGA Tour season until the new year kicks off in Hawaii. Tiger Woods is hosting this event. I think this is like its 20th year, maybe longer. And yeah, he didn't play good. I think he finished a shot ahead of Hideki Matsuyama for uh, dead last. Uh, who won John Rahm? That's how much I watched it, Nick. Yeah, no, John Rahm won. I actually watched um, the the uh, the leaders, so John Rahm and Tony Finau play about the last 11, 12 holes yesterday. So I caught, you know, a good little bit of it. And did you have any takeaways? Uh, God, I was really pulling for Tony Finau. I, I think he is a very intriguing character. But my man doesn't win. Well, <laughs> my man does not win. That's insane. His they're saying he's got 20 top fives with no wins over the last two years. And that's wild. I saw that he was um, leading an event, I want to say in Asia, like a co-sanctioned Asia tour, European tour event. And I think he had like a five-shot lead or something crazy going to the final round. And I didn't watch it. And he didn't win. I just assumed he was going to. That's, yeah. What Do you, do you think, um, I don't know. I'm not concerned. I think it's too early to hit the panic button on Tony Finau. I think. He's um, he's too good, and he's in. I mean, like twenty top fives, top tens. He's he's in contention so much that he's gonna get it done. And once he does, I think it'll kind of uh, the monkey be off his back. The floodgates will open. I think that he's gotta he's gotta he's been such a mainstay in the top of leaderboards. He's gonna have to. Um, I just can't see him not breaking through and racking up wins in a in a quick fashion. You'd assume it would happen at some point. Um, taking a look, so I know we're going to get to our Hero World Challenge bets in a second, but uh, try this on for size. You can you can get John Rahm at plus 500 to win one major golf tournament in 2019. Yeah, that's, that's worth a little bit. That's worth a, a little investment. It's intriguing. It's intriguing. Anyway... Should Plus we get to our... win one major? That's actually uh Yeah, think about that. That's, I mean it's pretty good. Do you I mean just straight up, do you think John Rahm is gonna win a major next year? I would put him as one of the favorites. Yeah. What is what so... does John Rahm do badly? <laughs> He's got a temper. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a fiery Spaniard. I know. It's so dumb. Like is 
He'll win the Masters by six shots. And, oh, he's so fiery. Look at how good it is for his game. It's so hypocritical. <laughs> Uh, so, yeah, if you, if you folks didn't listen to our most recent episode, Nick and I are going to start wagering fake money on real bets in the world of golf. We tried it out this week at the Hero World Challenge. Oh, for two. Oh, for two. Joe, you uh, you had to correct me on your bet because mm-hmm. you had Bryson DeChambeau plus 150 for a top five finish. And um, when I saw that, when I was just like firing off some tweets, I just – I just looked at it and thought minus 150 because I thought for sure in 18-player field, Bryson, the way he's been playing, like he's a lot for a top five finish. I mean, that's like free money. Yeah. Um, so when you were like, no, it's plus 150, I'm like, are you serious? Like Joe's going to get rich on fake money. And then and then he finished like 13th or something. <laughs> well, not even close on Sunday. The lesson always is Vegas somehow knows. They know, man. Vegas knows. Vegas they just knows. do. Do you um, – what was, what was your bet again? Um, I had Keegan Bradley at plus <laughs> 3,500 to win it. Oh my God. For 10 fake dollars. Joe, plus 3,500. He just won. He just won <laughs> the FedEx Cup playoffs. Like this won. guy is hot. I thought for sure he's coming in hot. All he's got to do is beat 17 guys. I mean, if he has a good week, plus 35, I put 10, I put 10 fake dollars on it. If he wins the thing, I got 350. I only started with 250. He did not win. He did not win. Nick, yeah. you know what? I've been looking at these major numbers. I'm going to I'm gonna play some fake money right now. Okay. Okay. Hold on. Let me let me pull up the ledger. I've got a ledger, Joe. Now, this name you'll either know right away or you won't. He is. I should know it. If it's somebody you're going to bet fake money on, and, and I'm the co-host of a golf podcast, I should at least know the name. Okay. I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna build it up a little bit. So this guy is is sort of a Twitter legend. He is a big dude from Thailand. There's so many wonderful pictures of him ripping vapes on the golf course and blowing out dragon-sized smoke. It is incredible. I don't know if I know. I don't think I know who this is. <laughs> he is a mainstay on the European tour. He's won a couple times over there. He's played sneakily quite well in America and put together a couple of really nice rounds in majors. Nick, are you ready for right. me to put 20 oh. fake American dollars? Tong Chai Jaiden? No. Tong Chi Jai Di is like 58, so we're not going to bet on him. <laughs> <laughs> well, you might have good odds. You never know. It's true. Uh, so I'm going to put 20 fake dollars at 50 to 1 for... Kiradesh Appy Barnrat to Barnrat. win yeah, yeah. to win a major in 2019. I just okay, think that sorry, sounds like sorry, fun. Sorry for my silence. I'm just putting this down on the ledger. <laughs> no, no, that's fine. I mean, I at the that'll win me one twenty fake dollars at fifty one to win a major to win a major. Wow, how about that? Um, that's that's bold. I mean, that's uh, here's. Here's the way I look at it. Here we go. It is a long-term investment. So even if I blow through my fake dollars in March, uh, I still get Happy Bond Rat in my back pocket. Okay. And if he, if okay. he, look, a lot of a lot of unusual characters have won, say, the British Open. If Happy Bond Rat wins the British Open by seven shots or something crazy like that, I got a thousand fake one. dollars. A thousand <laughs> fake dollars coming my way. Wow, that's that's a bold one. Um, interesting. You know, I don't have, I don't have any. 
I, I can't counter that. I, I don't have any bet to make that's right fine. now. But um, but yeah, that's that's interesting. Well, you know, okay. Let me ask you this: How positive are you that he is qualified for all four majors? Oh, a hundred percent. Okay. He's, yeah, he like, is he top he, fifty in the world. Uh, that's a good question. Have the <laughs> pull out dot com right now. So just let me just it. spell Kiradesh real quick while we do this podcast. This is going well. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> his picture. Okay. Google him, and his picture is that massive vape cloud. It's amazing. We got to. We got to. I B A R N R A T. We got to. We got to just Epi Barnrack. Come on, Nick. We gotta. We gotta oh, tweet this right. out. Kiradesh. It's it's phonetic, Kiradesh. I don't is any of this, <laughs> so just, is, is any of this gonna make it into the pod? Oh, it's all it's hundred percent. He is the thirty seventh ranked golfer in the world. Okay. He finished well, so when you put it that way, you just bet fifty to one that the thirty seventh ranked player will win one major. That's 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 legit. Five international victories. He finished T four at the HB HSBC uh golf championship so the first world golf championship event t5 finish my man's already playing big time in the big time events wow well um that's a good i got you down for that 50 to 1 20 fake dollars so uh we will pay close attention to that throughout 2019 <laughs> we sure will so okay uh tiger woods book club you want to do it like two weeks uh yeah you hesitated whatever yeah i'm going uh i'm going on vacation in uh in two weeks but you know if we do it before before then we'll figure it out yeah i, I did okay. finish the book how are how you doing on that i'm 100 pages in but i got a good goal now we're gonna we're gonna do the book club the okay. problem is i got this other book that i'm really into now so I, uh, yeah, yeah anyway can't you can't do that i know I, I gotta get back to tiger once i dive back into tiger it's gonna be tough to get out so yeah. I'm, you know I'm where sure i found myself just to just to preview our um <laughs> Our book club, like the, the reason why it took me so long to read it, so I would like read, and then they would go in detail about this commercial that he shot. So I'd like Google the commercial so I could watch it, so I could feel like I was part. Like it was an interactive <laughs> experience. Where they talk about a specific person, so I'd Google that person, so I could get a, a picture of who they were talking about and what was going on in all this. So you got to build that time in, Joe. Make it an interactive experience. <laughs> that's that's a really solid tip. I'm gonna keep the phone handy to make sure I can quickly Google. Yeah, you, it's a must. I got I to gotta find out what the Perkins waitress actually looks like before I yeah, start reading I, about her. Exactly. I, I, I did that. I did that myself. Oh, I'm, I'm so excited to have this. <laughs> well, that'll, that'll do it for us. Thank you so much for listening. Make sure go to vicegolf.com. They have all the products you need for your holiday shopping. Make sure to use promo code TURN. You get free shipping anywhere in the United States of America. Thank you for listening in Australia. We see you, Melbourne. We know you're listening. Melbourne? They should tell us. Melbourne. It's Melbourne, isn't it? I think it's Melbourne. I think it's Melbourne. I mean, like, in the United States, you would say Melbourne. Like, they might pronounce it slightly differently. But I don't, I think you would, I don't think you would say Melbourne. <laughs> Everyone in Australia, please correct Nick and me. Make sure we know how to say that city. And uh, we'll see you for Tiger Woods Book Club. I'm Lacey Evans. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time at The Turn.